the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. Uh, two of us here today. Bridget McDowell here with Eric Silva Brenneman. Uh, short, short crew, but short notes as well. So uh, how's, how's it going over there? Doing all right. Um, we talked a bit a little bit before we started recording, just recovering from a house cold, kind of tearing through everybody, and you know, just wearing us down a little bit. Lots of Kleenexes, um, <laughs> but uh, we're getting there. How about yourself? I'm all right. Yeah. Um, my my ankle and leg is kind of dictating the schedule this week, but um, otherwise, things are good. Things are moving. Uh, the sun is out for now. Yeah. Um, so nice weather for my day of laundry today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm getting to the point where I'm mostly drained. I'm going to try for a run a little bit later and probably not push myself too hard, but just to get some fresh air and like, yeah, system going again. Get, get things moving through. That's right. Through That's your right. system again. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump in here. Um, I don't think we need to talk too much about last week. Uh, we didn't get a cover. Minnesota United hosting FC Dallas. It was a nil-nil draw. I think that kind of says it all. <laughs> about Man. what you would expect from 8.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> I know there was a lot of frustration, um, you know, uh, I suppose to be expected. For, uh, surprisingly, the record hasn't been great at home so far. Um and we're hoping for a win there, but you know, Dallas is a good team too. So there you go. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about a little bit about yesterday. They played uh, in Vancouver, Vancouver hosting uh, an interesting one. Didn't get to watch everything again, a very late one, Bridget, as you alluded to with the last one, even later this time, uh, nine 30 central kickoff. Um, that's, pushing way into my bedtime <laughs> good old pacific time zone teams exactly well your final is three two vancouver um but there's a lot of story within that three two um white uh had a great match for vancouver gets a brace starting in the 17th minute and uh this goal is just a classic robbery situation here bridget uh will trap <laughs> Uh, gets a pass back and it kind of bobbles it a little bit. It just pass, it kind of just falls over his left foot. And I can't remember the, the midfielders just like, Oh, sweet open ball. He just takes it and immediately sees white breaking one pass. It sets up a one V one with uh DSC and there's your first goal. Oof, massive oof. <laughs> it was, it was a hard one to watch. Yeah. That's uh. I feel like that kind of play has been the story of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and of the entire MLS era, but um, indeed. Yeah. Um, and it was after that, 
I kind of slowed down a little bit, tempo-wise, a little bit of back and forth. And um, I'm just going to fast forward to the next one, 32. Uh, Michael Boxall gets a goal. That doesn't happen too often. Uh, comes after off of a corner kick, kind of gets knocked around uh, in, in kind of the chaos and goes to the ground. And then he also goes to the ground and kind of does one of the, the slide-in kicks. So kind of like a slide goal kick or whatever. And then, yeah, in it goes. Uh, they were trying. There, there was a lot of commotion of, uh, I think the the Vancouver keeper and a couple of the defenders trying to do, go for an offside call, and they were in the ref's face, and it, it didn't even go to VAR. So I think it was pretty clear that it was okay and tied up one one. Um, all right, the the highlight of the match is this one. <laughs> in the fifty second minute, it is white once again. With the, uh, I believe uh, we, we, we call it the Golazo del Carajo. <laughs> it, is, it is the schlangen goal. We get a lot of these every, every now and again. Yeah. Um, again, gets knocked around a little bit. And, and I think White's trying to get in there to head it. And the ball goes a little bit lower than his head. And uh, what do they used to call it? The, the thorax? <laughs> I love that that's still a thing. Yep. The, the thorax uh, puts in the ball. Got got the, the penis goal. Well done. Um wow. <laughs> I love my my wife just contributed and said a different kind of header. Badoom. <laughs> hey oh <laughs> there's your there's nice. your contribution, so. listeners. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good stuff. Well done, dear. Um so that was a rough one too because just terrible clearance. Like, I mean, it, it's hilarious that we're laughing about it because it was very funny. But in, in terms of Minnesota United defense, just terrible. That ball should have been out of there. Yeah. Um. What what what's also funny about this too is he he scores and he's in pain and he kind of goes down and I, I was trying to watch the replay. Like, I don't know if he hits the post. I can't remember, but. He kind of gets up, walks it off, and then they restart play, and he's hobbling along. He makes a couple runs, and then he just falls. <laughs> so, so whether it's just the pain and the impact from, you know, once again, the thorax being sore and tender, <laughs> which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one to think. shock afterwards. Yeah, having, having felt those impacts before, that's probably what happened, or, or maybe there was something else. But anyway, that was, that was his day. He gets carted off and gets subbed out. And that's it for, for White. Had, had a great match for those, you know, 50 minutes or whatever it was. Gets a brace. And we all get to see a uh, their Schlangen goal. Good stuff. Uh, so at that point, it is 2-1 to one, Vancouver. Um, I'm going to fast forward to the second half. Uh, Betcher comes in in the 56th minute, Bridget. And Betcher scores in the 56th minute. It was of one course. of those. It is pretty spectacular. Uh, pretty sure it was his first or if not second touch and takes it in, puts it away. Pretty incredible. I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, luck or amazing coaching from uh, what's his name? Sartini. Yep. Benny Sartini. Maybe both. <laughs> um, three to one at that point. And then uh, 64th, we should mention um, our new Korean signing, Sung Bin. He gets his first goal for Minnesota United, which is pretty sweet. Uh, the the r- real star, though, too. I mean, yeah, it's a great goal. Uh, Robin Lud absolutely 
perfect pass, perfectly weighted, actually splits two defenders and basically lands right at his feet in stride for him to one time it through. It was it was really lovely. But yeah, that's Lou gets the assist, but you know, he he made all that happen. Um, at this point, it was, I believe, 11.15, and no, not even. It was like 11 o'clock, and it was time for bed. So there were another 15, 20 minutes that I can't really talk about, but the score didn't change. 3-2 is your final. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything else to say there. I mean, not entirely surprising, right? I I went to bed, but I was still kind of awake when the the final score notification came through and I mm-hmm. saw three, two and thought, yeah, yep. Put my phone back down. And <laughs> yep. To sleep. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, it, it's nice to see Singman get his, get his first one, get that yes. off, kind of get that chip off your shoulder, um, get things moving. Uh, I was a little bit more surprised about seeing that Amaria was subbed out early. Like, an early tactical change to, mm-hmm. to kind of manage the game um, rather than keeping them in there and just seeing if something happens. Right. Which is what we typically see. Yep. Uh, so good that their Heath is making those adjustments right away. Um, always nice to see boxy get a goal. It shouldn't be the one that shouldn't be the tying goal. It should be the kind of the cherry on top when yeah. your center back gets the goal, but Good for him. Not the first one we've seen from him this season. It won't be the last. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how things go. Uh, turning around. Um, I mean, they're they're home on Tuesday for the Open Cup, but then it's uh, back on the road. So we'll see if things improve from there. I guess. Let me ask you about the mid-table, because right now um, Vancouver actually jumped Minnesota United. They're still in the uh, expanded playoff line or, whatever, or above the playoff line, whatever it is. But let me pull this up here. I know there are a number of teams that are kind of uh, all circled and kind of crammed around that that number there right at, at this point. Yep. Let me look at it here. So yeah, we've got so Minnesota go in eighth with 12 points, mm-hmm. but also with 12 points, Portland and Colorado. There it is. Um, 11 points for Real Salt Lake, Austin with 10, and yeah. Austin's way down there in the 12 spot. Um, and at the same time, we're only two points behind Vancouver and Houston. We're tied with 14. Mm-hmm. And then 16 points is fifth place spot fc dallas so it's all still really close mm-hmm. um sporting kc is still on the bottom with three uh, if you want to look at a like a next opponent um, yeah and it's worth mentioning it's still early in the season but but also having said that you know when a win can either can drop you down past that right. line and then you have to like start to panic a little bit to you know get momentum going or a win yeah as you alluded to can shoot you up to fifth <laughs> exactly like i mean we we expect at this point in the season to see that fluctuation between you know you might bounce around seventh eighth seventh eighth ninth eighth seventh sixth um but at some point those those gaps between like the fourth and fifth and the gap between ninth and tenth which is the playoff line um 
do still start to get bigger. So you can be yeah. bouncing around the middle of the table, but that gap still keeps growing towards the top. Um, well thankfully, towards the bottom as well. But um, we've seen those things change. Uh, and we've seen plenty of times where Minnesota took a steep drop off from about this point in the season until you know, really late in the season when other teams finally started to fall off with, with injuries and uh, minutes. So um, you're, you're bringing back the, uh, the mild uh, PTSD, I think here, <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, still uh, in eighth grade now it is early. Um, yeah. Just a, just a couple points out. Uh, actually next who is, is it SKC next weekend? And then Houston, is the midweek game next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, at, at least we're not looking at playing like St. Louis, Seattle, LA, like in the next month. Right. So, I suppose, I suppose um, I, I get, I get worried about the going to SKC. We talked about this on the last show, just knowing that yeah, rivalry just, and knowing yeah. they have a chip on their shoulder now like that. Yeah. That concerns me a little. And if SKC can take one win, they would be happy with it being against Minnesota Absolutely. and taking most yes, they would. So, yes, they would. And uh, that's exactly the kind of situation where the loons tend to get nervy and go, yeah, we got this. And then suddenly they're down 3-0 yep. um, and not playing into like the 96th minute. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, it is nice that even with this run of form, you can still be an eighth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this table um and that really shows you kind of the the gaps in the western conference so um yeah it'll be may is gonna be crazy interesting lots lots of games lots of impact from those games like we're saying with some some lower table uh points that could be stolen or you know points stolen by those lower teams so we'll see where they fall in that line i think if they're if they're still in the 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 playoff line uh the upper nine um it'll be a decent month after this run let me uh shift gears just a little bit staying with minnesota united but we had a a drop from the front office or uh, like Thursday, I think it was uh, Emmanuel Reynoso apparently back. Um, well, this he, was, go ahead. this wasn't even Thursday. This was yesterday. Like, yesterday. Wow. Yeah. It felt, felt longer, longer than that for some reason. Uh, Thank you. Well, well, yeah. Cause it was like a full 10 hours before kickoff last night. But. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, what, what are your, uh, what are your takes here, Bridget? I mean, I, I guess my questions are, Okay, he's back. I'm guessing this is probably more like he's he's probably needs a paycheck. He's probably getting low on on the spending cash. Uh, is is this a good idea for the team? Is this a good idea for him? Uh, it, all the drama. The drama's coming back. Um, will will he fit in? We got new players now as well. So I don't know. How however you want to address those questions, but I'll, I'll <laughs> let you go. Um. Yeah. Loaded questions. Um. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a statement, right? He is back in Minnesota and will still, he can't participate in team activities um, because he's still under the MLS suspension and, you know, loops have to be jumped through um, in order to rectify that part. But 
it does say he's they're working on reintegration. So, I mean, they've they've spent the last well, like four months now, um, finding a way to work without him. And yeah, a bunch bunch of new guys who are, you know, trying to find their way in in this squad with with the, that giant opening for the taking, right? But um, it, I mean, I don't think we're gonna see him play anytime soon. He's been playing like pickup ball around Cordoba for the last five months um, or more. Um, I think reintegration essentially just means, you know, you, you got to get the, the trust that he has lost has to be regained and he's got to, I'm, I'm sure his problems aren't over either. So he's going to have to find a way other to, thing. I, I didn't even mention that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so there's still a, a looming uh, trial um, and whatever else has been going on with him. Um, so he has to find a way to, to come back and, you know, make things work. Um, anyone who has ever, like, taken a leave of absence on their own terms knows how hard it is to go back, even when it is fully on your own terms. Right. Um, and it's not going to be any different here. Um and I mean, it's, is it welcoming in more drama? Potentially. Like he is, he's a, he's a question mark and he was going to be, even if he hadn't uh, gone AWOL for the last five months, he was going to be a question mark this season because of that trial. Right. But is it going to be any more drama than there is now with him not being there? Because that has been like, I have not seen edited or written a recap that did not mention his name at least twice. Hmm. Um, and he hasn't, he's not here. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, is it going to be any less drama? No. Could it potentially be a distraction? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But probably no more than it no more has than it been. Is. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, you know, for the last few months, it's been kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing. Like he's right. not here, move on. Um, and now he will be here and maybe there'll be some questions as to, you know, Who's going to play where? Is he coming in? Are we like, is everything we've worked on for the last four months going to shift now with him mm -hmm. possibly playing? But he's going to have a lot of things to work through with the front office and with the league as well before he can he can come running out onto the pitch. And I think the front office knows enough and, and the coaching staff knows enough that the problem so far this season can't be, he's, he's not your your fix all right like he's not just going to come in and they'll start winning games um, do you remember what that uh timeline was on the band i think we mentioned it back in the day i just can't remember what it, was there a specific amount of uh weeks months i can't remember no it was it was just indefinite because indefinite. they didn't know like where okay, so we don't we don't have a timeline then no no okay and um, i don't know how they i don't know that it's published anywhere how they handle something like that just because it right. isn't something that happens often like he wasn't the suspension wasn't for um you know a specific thing other than just not showing up um so he it was basically you're suspended until you show up and then we'll talk about it i think is kind of how that runs um but you can't just come walking right back into your contract after you yeah, yeah, yeah. nagged on your contract. So right. Ten, um, ten games into the season. <laughs> and be like, okay, <laughs> well, you're back in. Okay, you're right. Yep. I, I did sign that thing. So let's go. 
um, it doesn't work that way. So, uh, well, I would think it's going to be, you know, a month before we really start seeing like how he can come in, um, even if someone is on good terms and, and returning, it could take three, four weeks to right. really get people in with the team. And um, obviously it'll be a little bit easier because half the team was, was here when he was here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, his first training is going to be a little awkward for everybody, I think. And, but we're looking at probably weeks before that happens. So yep. I don't know. Well, we'll uh... I, I have no idea. We'll, we will all find out together how MLS handles these things because uh, it's the first that I know mm-hmm. of where it's with a situation like this. And again, there are still those question marks. And I think that was part of the reason a um, couple of the things that floated around yesterday was maybe he just didn't feel comfortable leaving um, and coming back here with that trial looming ahead. Um and questions about, you know, would he come back here and then be subpoenaed or um, extradited or like whatever. Um, And it, so we'll see like what all those issues actually were. Um, I think because that will definitely become a distraction if all that was to like play out. But again, like it's all speculation. We don't, we don't know. I'm not a pro athlete, but I would probably just stay in my house if I was facing a situation like that and be like, you know what, not, not going anywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It is all speculation, but, um, I think we'll, we'll get a good idea over the next few weeks. Don't expect the club to come out and like make a statement right away about how they're going to handle it. Cause I think they're working on the fly too. And it's going to depend on the conversations. I mean, you know, Heath is going to sit down and have a word with him. McGee is going to sit down and have a word with them. Yeah. Uh, Dr. McGuire might be sitting down and having a chat with them. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a long, a long-term thing. And, uh, he's, he's not going to be tossed back onto the pitch to, to fix this run of form anytime in the next month too. Yeah. All right. Buckle up listeners. We'll, we'll keep you informed here. Um, there were a couple other interesting things. I'm not going to go through all the, the MLS slate, but we got to mention at least these two here. Um, LAFC's undefeated run is over. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, San Jose hosts them, and it is San Jose 2-1 to one with Espinosa having a brace with a penalty. Uh, Buanga gets his customary goal, as usual, but they are not able to hold on, Bridget. Uh, San Jose, again just kind of quietly getting everything done. I believe they're still top five. I think number four, something like that. Um, not, not making a lot of noise, but just being consistent and, and to knock off the best team, maybe in, in to- all of North America. Uh, <laughs> that's saying something now, granted LAFC is looking at a, uh, a uh, CCL final. They have other priorities and things as well, but you know, you, you kind of want to keep that, that's uh, undefeated streak moving within the league as well, but uh, to no avail, it's over. Right. And I mean, they're, they're not going to be the kind of team that goes, eh, we, we don't need these three points. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to play for it no matter what, even if they have all of these other things going on, they're, they're not a team to sit back and um, especially this early in the season, say we'll sacrifice this game against um, <laughs> San Jose <laughs> of yeah. all teams. 
Yeah. Um, sacrificing three points to maybe an Eastern Conference, like, you know, maybe, but um, they're not going to, they're not going to lay down uh, easily and credit to San Jose for, for getting it done. Cause that's not an easy, not an easy team to play. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Again, just to emphasize that to be clear, all credit due to San Jose, like they, they're doing it. They deserve the win. Yeah. <laughs> with, with some of the issues that they've had for them to, to get yes. that win against LA of all teams. Right. So yep. it's 100%. Um, big, big moves for each side there. Uh, the other big one, Inter Miami hosted Atlanta United. Some guy named uh, Joseph Martinez, <laughs> who once, <laughs> once upon a time played for some team called Atlanta, now flipped the script and is on the opposite side of the pitch for Inter Miami and decides that, you know what, this is going to be my revenge game. <laughs> and finds, finds his shooting boots again. Yes, he does. It's uh, uh, his brace. Two to one is your final. Go ahead. I, I don't know if you caught the, the interview with him afterwards. Um, on MLS 360, they talked to him. And of course, Bradley Wright Phillips is sitting at the desk on MLS 360. And it was his record that Martinez broke uh, oh, wow, with that second go. goal. Nice. Um, so he's, you know, he, Joseph Martinez is just down there grinning. And they're, they're all like, we're going to throw this to BWP because, you know, he's, he's the man you beat. And Joseph is all oh, mad, like, this this is an honor. This is awesome. Thank you. And you right. Phillips is like, yeah, congratulations. Like, I'm glad you did it this way. Um, but he said, you know, they asked about it being against Atlanta. And he did have some very nice things to say about how Atlanta's he still considers Atlanta home. Mm-hmm. Um, loves the team, loves the fans, loves what it what it gave him. It brought him into this league. Um He's like, I, I have all the love for Atlanta, but I love this game. And I'm not going to – he, he kind of shrugged off the revenge game um, analogy. We believe, believe that for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's for everyone else. Everyone else did talk about everyone it. Everyone else. Um, and he, he's like, yeah, you know, you, you get that one out of the way and, and things happened and mm-hmm. um, it feels good. Let's go. Uh, so he seemed really excited. Um, Kevin Egan, who has been calling games with Ken- Kendra D. St. Aubin, uh, was at the on the desk for 360 last night as well. He was commentator for Atlanta um, uh. for years. So he, they had some nice words too. They were, he was talking about how you know how much fun he had calling his games and all the goals that he called for Joseph Martinez back in. Oh Atlanta. yeah, can you imagine? Uh, yeah, so he was like, "Oh my God, that was so much fun to watch." Thank you, uh, but it it was just a cool moment where he, he you can tell he's relieved, like, and and we don't see as much press from him these days like we did when he was the man for Atlanta. Yeah, um, and ever since his injury, I don't think we've seen very much press for him whatsoever. Um, not like with him facing the press, so. Um, he seems relieved and happy and, and just excited to, to keep going. Um, so I feel like this is going to be maybe a, a turning point for Enter Miami too, right? Like you mm-hmm. finally have this guy on um, all of his teammates who seemed genuinely really happy for him to get that second goal. Uh, they were obviously happy for the, the first one was a PK. Um, 
buries it easily as everyone expected. Um, but that second goal was, was massive and, and his teammates knew it and he knew it. And uh, I think their, their month is going to improve quite a bit as well with that out of the way. Yeah, they're sitting just outside the the playoff line now uh, at 10th in the East. So, you know, again, it's kind of a similar situation that we talked about with with Minnesota and that mid-table amoeba where three points either sends you up to the top five or way below. (laughs) That's kind of where Miami's at. Yeah, I mean, if he can if he can keep doing that and and find that rhythm and and the other guys as well. Um, it was a great, I can't remember who had the assist, but it was really nice on that second goal. Um, yeah, they'll, I think they'll do well with that, with nice. that done. Um, let's jump to some Minneapolis city. We should mention, uh, they've been having some friendlies, just kind of getting things moving. Carl Craig back in the house. It's awesome. I'll get down there at some point. Eventually, uh, they played on Friday. They hosted, uh, is it Minnesota United, MNUFC next? Help me out, Bridget. I always forget the whole no, thing. No, it's, it's not the next pro. It's the Which academy. Which one is it? The academy. Academy U19s. All right. There's so, there's so many now that like <laughs> it gets blurry. It gets yep. confusing. So, all right. The U19s. Thank you. Um, they lost 1-0 to the academy, uh, but it seemed like a great atmosphere. Got some awesome photos. The flares were out. The smoke was out. Uh, supporters were out. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll let you take it, Bridget, because you had some more uh, secondhand commentary more than I did. So what did you hear? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, from the videos and the, and the photos seemed like a really fun environment. It was just shy of a sellout, um, which is like 1,200, 1,300 people um, down in Augsburg. Um, so it's the first, first game of that Minnesota Cup uh, series. Um, first competitive game for Carl Craig. He's coming back with, uh, he just like the college kids are just starting to filter back, um, from school. So he's kind of building the roster on the fly. Um, and he did say ahead of the game, it's, you know, he felt like he had six months of preseason and then it turned into like, actually we're playing a game next week. And, and you have to like put a roster together. Um, so it, good way to kind of work things out competitively ahead of the uh, league opener, which is next Saturday against St. Croix. Thank you. for um, saying that. Yep. Yeah. So they'll be back at Augsburg for that. And hopefully have a few more um, college guys back uh, home to play. Um, but they got this one out of the way, got, pretty good idea of uh, essentially what Carl's working with um, in terms of uh, kind of rebuilding in some absences, but plenty of solid guys returning. They city did have some really good shots. Um, Minnesota United happens to get pretty nice bounce on, on one. And, and, and that was the, the lone goal, the, the only difference. So, Sounded like it was fun. Um, quite a few people were, were there for the first half and then had to go. Um, but some other people are saying it was kind of awkward because it's the first time that they've 
as a Minnesota soccer fan, have had to cheer against a team that was wearing the Minnesota United crest. Yeah, um, I could see that being and, a little. Yeah, and people different. wanted people wanted to be there for City because uh, you know this this little league cup that they have going um, will be massive, right, for mm-hmm. for Minneapolis City to take. But um, it's going to be kind of a weird dynamic for some people cheering against that team. And I think it's going to be that way for fans of some of the other Minnesota teams they'll be playing, but mm-hmm. um, probably a, an even more lively atmosphere for next week's game. Once everyone I'm, is, I'm sure I'm, everyone there will be firmly cheering yeah. for city against St. Croix. St. Croix. <laughs> I'm excited for their, their second campaign here in, in USL too. I think, uh, yeah. I think a lot of lessons were learned last year and I think it's going to mm-hmm. go pretty well this year. I'm, I'm excited for him. And Carl's back. So And Carl's back. They Absolutely. did have a very nice TIFO that was just welcome home, Carl Craig. And he oh, was, yeah. I know he was happy to be back on the pitch. Um, the U19s for Minnesota United were coached by Fernando Adi. Mm. Uh, so a little that guy? full circle um, in terms of... Uh, Minnesota soccer history there. Interesting. Cool. Thank you for that. Uh, NWSL, I'll go through it here quickly. We don't have Rodrigo for all the details. Um, Portland, two weeks in a row now, have a 3-3 final. Uh, this time it's against North Carolina. So they love scoring the goals. They they just got to tighten the defense to actually win and not let three come back. <laughs> um, Olympic rain. Uh, they beat Houston dash two nil. They jump. They are currently in first in the standings now. And we've talked, I, I don't know if we did last week or the week before, but I, I know we've mentioned about Sanus, the 15 year old. She, she had her debut last week and looked very impressive. Uh, the, the highlight reels are out there and you watch the confidence in this young woman taking on these other women that are, you know, 10, 15 years older than her. And there's no difference, like just head on, just, you know, the, the swagger, <laughs> this is the only word I could think of. Like yeah. she is, wow. Very, very impressive. No fear. Um, she did get some minutes in this one as well. Uh, they actually lost uh, three to one to the Washington spirit, but she got out there towards the end. I think it was like the 85th into like stoppage time or whatever. Um, Bridget, so I didn't realize I I did go on. Uh, I was listening to Cooligans and some other places too. I, I didn't realize that this was like a controversial thing. That um, apparently there's like negative vibes that we that the 15 year old uh, girl young woman should not be playing professional football. I, I don't know if you have any insight into this, but I was just kind of like, really, this is this is causing problems. I mean, <laughs> it seems to be a how do I phrase this? Um, it's not something that you hear complained about when it's a 15 year old high school boy who gets a pro contract. We'll talk um, about that in the international section. Nice, yep. nice little segue. Nice hint. Yep. Yep. Um, but anytime a high schooler comes into NWSL um, or even like gets a look at going pro people start like, ah, oh, she's only 15. Like mm. she, she's not mature enough. She shouldn't be put in the situation. And I mean, we, we've had that conversation specifically with Portland, right? We talked mm-hmm. about this last year yep. um, where, yeah, 
maybe maybe you don't want a girl entering into that situation. Um, you don't want anyone entering into that situation. But let's you know, um, we we won't go there anymore. We hit that one plenty last year. But yeah, um, it's it's not something that uh, people really talk about when it comes to a boy. Right. So, and we'll chalk it up to sexism and misogyny then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I guess I haven't seen too much of it from um, like people from within NWSL or in the NWSL circles. I'm sure there's a few, there's always a few, but um, a lot of it does seem to be coming from like other people or other sports organizations who are like, why, why is this girl here? Well, and, I, and I can't stress enough, like I'm, I'm, I know I said it already, but the coaching staff, the players, even the opposing players have to recognize the, the talent and the confidence here. Because when yeah. you watch her out there, you the last thing you're thinking about sure. is her age. Yeah. You are and not I'm thinking sure about all, her age. I'm sure they're all wishing that they saw her first and had her on yes. their team. Like, and when you, when you can come on and, and look and look like that, it's also a credit to the other players, right? Like making her comfortable because imagine being, I mean, even being like an 18 year old, like playing your freshman season and then, and then entering the draft and and going to play with um, a lot of players who've been on national teams and like, you've probably been watching them for four, eight, 12 years of your life. Um, and she's 15, like she goes from high school to playing with national team players on, yep. on a pro level within the U S. Um, and, and they could make it difficult for her and they choose not to like, mm-hmm. um, they, they let her play, they let her play her game and she's good. Yes. Um, should, should there be more of a market for that like there is for like we see high school boys all the time entering pros um more often in soccer now and even within mls um often like homegrown players brought up with from the academy uh, for mls teams but um we see it in every sport and uh it's gonna become a normal thing in nwsl now and i it's a sign of how far the game has come Mm-hmm. that you can have those players come up and, and jump into pros. Um, it's just, yeah, it's another growth moment for uh, people who uh, who still clearly have some ideas about, you know, a, a high school girl's place in, in the world. Go get your degree and then you can, and then you can go play games. Uh, um, yeah. So I think it's not necessarily controversial as it is uh, people just being small-minded, uh, misogynistic folks. Nailed it. Well, Matt, punch him in the face note, I suppose. <laughs> we'll take a break. Kapow. Stick around. <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. 
right. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to do some internationals. I'm actually going to throw to Bridget. We're going to do a quick recap of last Sunday because it was Liverpool hosting Tottenham, and this game was wild. Absolutely <laughs> fire. Super entertaining. Bridget, take it away. Yeah, uh, it started early and, and fast. Um, so we see in the third minute, Curtis Jones scores to go up. 1-0. In the fifth minute, Luis Diaz scores. 2-0, Liverpool. Um, 15th minute, Mo Salah with the penalty shot. So that's 3-0 inside of 15 minutes. Yep. <laughs> um, and I got in at about Tottenham. the 13th. <laughs> saw the penalty, then saw the score, and I'm like, wow. Uh-huh. Here I was thinking I was not going to miss anything in like 10 minutes, and it's right. 3-0. <laughs> yeah, and I... I went to the I went to Blackheart, but I was coming from recording last weekend, and I walked in. I was like, oh, "I'll be like five minutes late, whatever." And I walk in just as Diaz put in that second goal, and everyone's, "Well, you picked a good time to show up." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, yep. it's all downhill from here." Um, Those first two yeah. goals were so good too. They, they were, were amazing. Great yeah. goals. There were, there were no garbage goals in this game. No. Um, Go ahead. I mean, the penalty was the only one that was like. Eh. Um, but even that, I mean, Mo's mm-hmm. gonna score those, obviously. So three oh in fifteen minutes, it did get kind of quiet for a while. It was a little boring. People start talking about other things. Um, and then Kane comes in 40th minute and scores. Uh things kind of come alive again. Also a banger. Like that goal yes. was fire too, off the volley. Yes. Sweet goal. It was funny because we were we were talking about, you know, kind of the downfall of of Harry Kane and <laughs> the the overrating here in 2023 and then he does that it's like okay yeah yeah you, you still got it all right yep we'll back off um and then son with the goal in the 77th minute so that's three two late um and then richarlson ties it up in the 93rd i, uh, I will interject that i had to use the restroom and my daughter and i were watching <laughs> it and in the in the five minutes that I'm up there taking care of business, I'm I'm hearing commentary from my daughter on the couch. Go ahead, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Richardson, the 93rd, but then Diego Hota comes right back 94th, scores the winner, 4-3 Liverpool late. Um Klopp was a little upset about there were a couple there were a couple non calls. Um, Klopp said some things about tyranny. The the official um, when that fourth goal went in by from Hota, yep, Klopp pull, goes pull sprinting the up to the yep goes sprinting <laughs> up to the fourth official and pulls so a funny. hammy on the way. He so was still funny. limping yesterday. Um, so he, uh, I believe he got fined, um, mm. and there's probably still some investigation happening there. But he he did admit, yep, I I took my punishment. I blew a hammy like as I was <laughs> arguing. He's like, I uh, I got incredible. it. I got it. Um, just yeah, that was nuts. And uh, I have a buddy who's a, a Spurs fan. Will usually put a bet on these games, and he always tends to lose. Um, and he texted me. Uh, Saturday night was like, we are not betting on this one. I was like, okay, good. I mean, we'll win. And then they tied and I was like, well, 
bet you wish he had bet now. And then 30 seconds later, holds a score. Like, nope. It's <laughs> like, see, we should have bet. He's <laughs> like, yeah, this is exactly why I don't do that anymore. Yeah, um, I, I, had to, I had to sprint down to see the, the replays of those last two goals because it, it, I mean, it just changed so quickly and I missed it. I missed all of it live. Oh. It, yep, yep. Uh, Liverpool had ride. four shots on target and they all. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, it was a fairly even like 12 shots for Liverpool, 10 for, 10 for Tottenham. Possession was, was Liverpool, 68%. But um, yeah, just a, a crazy. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. That's all I got. It was nuts. After talking to you last week, I mean, I, when these two teams meet, it, it can go off the rails. So I just had a feeling this yeah. was going to be one to yeah. watch. So I'm, I'm it's glad. Always, this Even is though I missed the last one. two goals, I'm glad I watched. <laughs> <laughs> this is always one that like I have to watch it at the bar because it's yep. it's funny. You want to be around a bunch of people. We were we were screaming. Um, there's video which I believe Wes has deleted from the the cameras at Blackheart. Um, so, you know, Wes is a Spurs fan. He he was not at the bar that morning. Uh, so we made our feelings known um, on camera. And we are waiting for him to post said video. And uh, I do believe that video has been deleted. Uh, <laughs> I actually learned that one of my professors this term is also a Spurs fan. He 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 dropped that in his intro, and I'm just like, oh, buddy, you should not have said <laughs> that to me. <laughs> did you mention that like Monday morning? Like, I did. Hey, so how was your Sunday morning? <laughs> I did. I did. I got a, I got a glare. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> it's either gonna affect my grade or he's gonna appreciate the, uh, that, uh, the abuse. <laughs> my my former supervisor at work was a Spurs fan, so every once in a while, if I knew I had a video meeting with him. We, he, he's in a separate state i would wear a liverpool shirt and yeah. he'd be like okay you know what turn your camera off we're done with this conversation <laughs> i'd be like okay bye <laughs> and still now like we still talking and, and, and it's usually about like well how are those liverpool doing nice. i don't know man how's your spurs doing right now well um, to that point though we had a bit of a, a switch a jump in the table because uh tottenham was actually ahead of liverpool until that moment so liverpool uh, flip-flop so they excuse me they jumped to fifth and are not that far out of champions league bridget i mean there's it's no. getting tight but there's there's still time they if they can keep the momentum going who knows and yeah man I mean, can drop some points yeah three games to go here after um after yesterday's match so uh yeah uh win yesterday for liverpool 1-0 over brentford um brentford is now ninth Liverpool fifth um, was not the, it was, it was a good game. Uh, it was obviously not the goal fest that, that yeah. Tottenham was. Um, we walked in, I think Seller said when the lineup came out, it was either going to be a team that uh, concedes four goals or scores four goals um, because everybody was in there. Um, Gakpo, Hota, uh, Salah, everybody's up top everyone who can score was was in there and ready to go um some shaky moments but it ends 1-0 and we will take the points Absolutely. um so that leaves brentford in ninth with 50 
but yeah, Liverpool fifth, 62 points, Man United 63, Newcastle 65. And then of course, Arsenal and Man City further yeah, those, distancing those two are, themselves a little bit. Yeah. Little, uh three games to play. Man City's at 82, Arsenal's at 78. Um Arsenal can still do it. Uh they have a pretty balanced schedule remaining for the next three games. Of course, Man City also has an easy schedule for the next three games. So mm-hmm. um we'll see. Like a draw or one drop match could could finish the season for for either of them. Um nice. Everton still. Nineteenth. <laughs> that's a difficult 29 one. Twenty-nine points. Sorry, but again, MJ. it's still it's still like West Ham in fifteenth with thirty-four points. Leicester thirty. Leeds thirty. Nottingham thirty, but their goals against puts them down in in the eighteenth spot. So they're under the line. And Everton twenty-nine. Southampton twenty-four. Um, so it's still like a five point difference between 15th and 19th. Uh, intense. Yeah. Everton is like a couple goals, um, in terms of differential, uh, away from being, um, above the line. So, um, Everton's going down. I'm comfortable saying this now with three Mm -hmm. games left to play. I think they're going down. Um, I don't think it'll move around too much, honestly. Um, it could. Uh, I think it's going to be another one of those like up and down races for the last few games, and we won't really know until probably the last one. Yep. Um, but that's that's how we like the season to go, right? Like you don't necessarily want it all decided like with a month it's to go. Lots so, of drama on that decision day. Going to be. It is going to be a true decision day for Premier Indeed. League this season. Indeed. Um, to Barcelona. As we spoke about in the last previous segment, the 15-year-olds, uh, here's here's a 15-year-old young man uh, with facing absolutely no criticism, <laughs> as, as we kind of talked about. Uh, Lamine Mal, uh, born in Spain to African immigrant parents. He gets his big start in Barcelona, um, youngest uh, to debut, and played well straight out of the academy. Yeah, I mean, good on him. Congratulations. It's great. But also equality. How about same for a young woman? <laughs> All right. And here is Justin with some Turkish, Greece, and other European football news. Go, Justin. This is Justin Paul with some international updates. In Turkey, it's down to the wire uh, between Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Gala leads by three points. They dropped two key points to uh, Andrea Pirlo's Fatih Karagumruk side two weeks back. And Fenerbahce then, on, on my birthday, the day I took off work from to watch, could not capitalize, drawing 3-3, blowing two leads to lowly Istanbul score, uh, thus wasting two glorious goals by boy wonder Arda Guler. However, the next week, Besiktas beats Galatasaray 3-1 in a big Istanbul derby, including Vincent Abubakar, the Cameroonian who came to Istanbul after Cristiano Ronaldo's arrival in Saudi meant there were too many foreigners at Al Nasser. Uh, I wanted Abubakar to come to Fener, but he chose to go to Besiktas again, and I was happy he was there on that day as he his 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 third goal uh, put the dagger in the heart to tactically sink 
uh, St. Gala. They will play each other on the 28th, Fenner and Gala, in what could be a decider. That was supposed to be the 21st, but due to the election in Turkey next week, it's been pushed back by a week. I wish the opposition all the best in the election. It's very crucial days for Turkey, but I'll stay on the, on, on the football for now. And if they hold serve, it could be a title decider. But Fenner has to play Trabzonspor, their old foes, uh, before them. So there's still a lot to be decided there. Uh, that's probably the toughest fixture either of the two sides have uh, between them before they play each other. In Greece, Ike and Panathinaikos played uh, play last week to a nil-nil draw. They are tied on points in the six-team Greek playoff uh, final. That's how Greek divides it. They Greece puts the top six playing each other for the last weeks of the season. Ike, uh, who have a new stadium this year, uh, their name, the, the K in their name stands for Constantinople because they just like Pauk, the K in Pauk from Greek Macedonia, descend from teams in uh, uh, from uh, people who were expelled from Turkey, Greeks expelled from Turkey in the early 20th century. And their new stadium actually honors all the areas of modern Turkey that used to have a Greek presence. That was what they did in their opening ceremony. Whether or not they win the title, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, they're coached by Matias Almeida, a name you no doubt know from his time in San Jose. And there's a strong CONCACAF flavor at Ike, including a top goal scorer from Trinidad, Levi Garcia, and a top assist man, Obelin Pineda from Mexico. He's ex-Cruz Azul. Panathinaikos are led by Ivan Jovanovic as their coach. He's a Serb, most famous for leading Epilo Nicosia to the Champions League quarterfinals a decade ago when the, when the Greek Cypriots beat Lyon and then got that famous match against Real Madrid, which they, they lost. But can he lead Panathinaikos back to glory? We'll see their top goal scorers, a Slovene named Andras Sporahar. Panathinaikos have only won twice in the last two decades. They won once when they had Jibril Sise. They won once when they had the Polish... Uh, the Nigerian-born Polish international Emmanuel Ola Sadabi, who's a great star in the early 2000s for Poland. But so they're kind of a fallen giant, and they're they're a fallen giant on the basketball court too. They're and fallen giant on the football pitch. So this would be, I think, bigger for them because Ike did win four years ago, which had been their first win since the 90s. Um, I'm just happy that they're not Olympiakos year in and year out because they they've been a bit of a of an overly dominant in Greece. Speaking of overdominance, in Bulgaria, Ludogorets Razgrad, 11 in a row in that country. Maybe not this year. They're only a point ahead of Siska Sofia. Siska Sofia were coached last year by Alan Pardew, an English name you guys no doubt know. Uh, not this year, but they're within a point. When I was in Sofia on holiday a few years ago, all these Sofia barmen complained that Razgrad doesn't develop enough Bulgarian talent. Their top goal scorer is a uh, a Brazilian named uh, Igor Tiago. He's an ex-Prozero player. But Siska Sofia are led by a Haitian, Dukuns Nazon, a French-born Haitian, born in Paris to Haitian parents. He has scored for Haiti in some gold cups in the past, including against Canada and Costa Rica. Uh, what makes Bulgaria even more wild is that the third team in the league is Siska Sofia uh, uh, 1948. They're an offshoot club of, of the main Siska Sofia that resent that the original Siska Sofia bought the assets of another club to refound. So you have a, a schizophrenic derby 2-3 in Bulgaria, which is uh, which is wild. Um, we'll see how that one winds up. Congrats to, to Toulouse Football Club, who have won the French Cup, their first win ever for that club. Uh, the, uh, there's a backstory where an old Toulouse club won the Cup in the in the 30s, but that's that's not the same club. Um, Toulouse is more known for rugby. Uh, Stade Toulousain, their rugby side, was losing and lost to Leinster in the Champions Cup of Rugby at the same day, the same hours that Toulouse won the, the football cup. So today, or last week, was a day for the round ball in Occitania, 
not the um uh, the, not the oval ball and shout out to their uh, the memory of their fan breeze to tone murdered in belgrade a decade ago by partisan fans he's still remembered every year uh by tfsa supporters shout out to, to northern ireland's team Larne fc they waited 134 years for their first championship they got it the harbor rats from the port town in east antrim uh thanks to angel investor kenny bruce make history and even though that's a small league in Northern Ireland, I, it's still notable that a, t- a town and a city waits uh, a century and a third, or almost a century and a half for a, a title. Meanwhile, uh, there was controversy about football on the Sabbath. Due to the King's coronation, um, the Irish Cup final in Belfast is being played right now. And uh, Ballymena United out of North Antrim, Crusaders out of North Belfast, have some minority of fans that resented the Sunday football but the IFA chief said, God will not judge you in the afterlife for watching football. And Northern Ireland national team played on a Sunday uh, a month ago. So I'm not really, I think to me, this is a false culture war. Uh, and lastly, shout out to Hungarian teams outside Hungary. Sepsi, who represent the Hungarian minority in, in uh, Transylvania, Romania, are in the Romanian Cup final. Bacca Topola, who represent Hungarians in northern Serbia, are in the Serbian Cup semifinal. And then you have Dunyaska Strada, who represent the Hungarians in Slovakia. They are up in the title race with Slovan Bratislava, play each other today. Um, and it's worth knowing that the last winners of the Unrecognized Nations World Cup, uh, the Kanifa World Cup, were the Hungarians from Ukraine, Karpatia. So maybe there's something in the water with Hungarian clubs and national teams outside of Hungary itself. I'll leave it at that and thank you for your time and hope to uh, convey more information in, in the near future. Last week, we talked about the uh, State Department warning um, in Italy to, to anyone traveling, uh, flying into Napoli, um, because they could have won. They could have finished it last week. Um, and State Department was warning you that there could be a party and you should maybe divert <laughs> your travel plans. Um, but Don't it happened. It happened. Uh, yes, yesterday or was it Friday? Was the celebrations went into yesterday. Thursday, I think, was the Thursday? actual game. Okay. I mean, they've been partying for that's like yeah. three days. I, I, just, I keep seeing the videos come up, and I yeah. kind of lost the timeline. But um, yeah. yeah, so pull up any video from Italy, and it, it looks like uh, it reminded me of the Argentina World Cup celebrations. Yep. Um, flares going off. Um, maybe don't fire off flares at cars that video was gnarly um i don't know if i've seen that one thanks uh that was probably why the state department put put out that warning when i saw that i was like okay that that does warrant uh, a notice from the embassy but um it, it was a little anticlimactic too because again it was a tie um but but it's enough that they're so far clear that you know second place i think it's yeah. uh, inter milan they, they can't catch them now so so that's it it's over good for napoli First awesome. time in, I can't remember. It's It's been 30 years, 90-something, I think. I want to say 32. It was, like, within my lifetime. But I, mm-hmm. like, since Maradona, right? I think so. May, that might have been, like, the tail end, probably his, his last year or something like that, last two years. Yeah. And they and they tied, uh, I, I put in here, it was against uh, Udinese, which uh, Brenner, Formerly of uh, oh, yeah. Cincinnati, he's headed there to Udinese. But yeah, congrats to Napoli. Congratulo, what is it? Congratulazione, fantastic. <laughs> that whole region is just—I mean, like I said when we were there, it was 
spilling over into Sorrento, into Amalfi, into everywhere in Campania, Pompeii. So, I mean, I, yeah, it's Napoli's thing, but I, I have a feeling that all of Campania is is in party mode. It seemed like it was a pretty wide, pretty widespread (laughs) celebration. Exactly. Um, So messy, man, this, this happened so fast to see this thing kind of spiral, (laughs) like within a day. Um, We, we hear that he's being suspended because he, he did his little match in Saudi Arabia or whatever it was. And apparently it was not sanctioned by PSG. So they say, well, you, you can't play for two weeks or whatever. That happened on Tuesday, I believe it was. And then on Wednesday, he's like, all right, I, I, I see your, your suspension and raise you. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not coming back. We're just like, whoa, okay. So all of it course. Was, it was the thing that gets me. It was his father who told PSG he will not be returning. Oh, is this, oh I didn't miss that part. That's funny. <laughs> yes. He's That's the one funny. who called them and was like, yeah, so he's not, he's not coming back. That's funny. Um, so, so again, rumor mill cranked to a thousand for Miami or wherever in the MLS. And what, what was a little disturbing Bridget, and, and you probably saw it, like a bunch of PSG supporters, they gather in front of the stadium and they do these, I'm not going to repeat it, but it's, it's the, know, one of the chants that we it is. Thank you. That's where about. I was going. It was his name plus the chant. And I, you know, if it, if it kind of looks like a clan rally and smells like a clan rally, I mean, it, it did not look good or definitely didn't sound good either. And it's like, no. wow, this is, this is the kind of response to him just being like, nah, I think I'm done. It was ugly. It was very ugly. Uh-huh. Well, so part of it too was um, he, so he missed training after that match and he had, and he put out a statement yesterday or the day before that was like, yeah, I, you know, we played and I thought we had a day off like we always do after playing a game. And so he went on a little trip and, um, you know, took a rest day because they usually take rest days. And it turns out that there was not a rest day and he missed training. Um, so, it, yeah, just a like a comedy of errors to end what was already kind of a an absolute mess of a contract situation. And right. Yeah, to see it all come to a head, like, just collapse in like 24 hours was kind of nuts but yeah i mean there, there's two things right like what you're talking about exactly but then but then to have that kind of just super right-wing fashy reaction though too was just like uh-huh. whoa like that it's, like, that's an escalation that was not necessary <laughs> like i don't know if i missed something locally but like it was just that one more thing they needed to be like okay no yeah <laughs> that's I, yeah, it was I gross. Just gross. So, uh, all right, Messi to MLS. Let's go. It, it, it sounds like he, he and like Xavi really wants to get back with him in, in Barcelona, but it, it just, I, I can't see considering the financial situation of that club that they can even come close to getting him what he wants or what he, he, yeah. I, I, I just, I'm sure not, if they called, he would just laugh and, yeah, and, you know, end the call. And, and honestly, I'm not sure if Miami can do it either, but it just seems like 
he's already alluded so many times that he's got his, he's got a home there. He knows the mm-hmm. place. He, he knows the culture, blah, blah, blah. So even if he took a pay cut, I think because he's already has those connections, I think, well, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? I, I really hope he doesn't end up in Saudi league with the other one. Um, it's still being still thrown around. Named? Yeah. It's still <laughs> being thrown around. Just, just, just do it. Just he was, sign on the there was a, line. There was a picture the other day floating around of him wearing a Barca t-shirt. And and some people are taking that leap, but like who that's doesn't his own a Barca t-shirt? Yeah, and, and um, also that's his history. That's what he did. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like I don't know. Um who knows. Yeah, I wouldn't be like Miami wouldn't shock me. I don't financially I'm not sure that they can do it with with some of the moves that they've already made, but well, um, the, the way they were talking about it, of, of him coming in and playing, I think it was like a two-year contract, but then having a direct line in ownership and and moving the club and things like that. I mean, that yeah. that would be like an attractive deal to like retire and then move straight into like right. uh, the the you know the managerial side of it or the the financial owning side of it, and that that might be the cherry on the yeah. Top. That does make sense. Who knows? Who knows? Drama, drama, and. Look, guys, <laughs> best player in the world, even if it's not the best player in the world, e- even if it's like, I don't know, uh, a high school Minneapolis City player, whatever, that that decides they're going to do something different. <laughs> you don't need to do the racisms if they decide to leave. <laughs> just just leave that whole facet out of it. It's, it's not yep. that hard. It's not that hard. Yep. Okay. Um, CCL, we had the... Second leg here of the MLS side, uh, LAFC smashed Philadelphia 3-0, 4-1 aggregate. Uh, unsurprisingly, they are going to the final. And on the other side, I predicted this one. I was surprised that I called it. Um, Tigres actually beat Leon in the first leg, and I said Leon play pretty well when they play at home, and that tended to be the case here. Uh, they host Tigres, and it's 3-1 for a 4-3 aggregate. Leon win that. So it will be LAFC and Leon in your CCL final, which should be a battle, should be fun. Nice. I mean, here, yeah, here we legitimately have two of the best teams in the broad uh, North Mexican, Central American continents, like really going at it for legit bragging rights and dominance, which is, which is awesome, which is what we've always wanted, right? I'm excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. These these may not be high scoring games. I mean, I know they're putting up big numbers right now, but like when you get the two best teams to actually go against each other, they might be one nil matches both both legs because they're just that good. So we'll see. I'm excited for it though. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on Libertadores except to say that uh, there are there's still a lot of room for teams that aren't as big that aren't as as they don't have the big names. Um, the big fame Fluminense right now, they, they crushed river plate five, one. They are the only undefeated team in the entire tournament right now, which again, shows that parody, um, and how, you know, we're getting all these new names. What, what was the other one I was going to highlight? Um, Palmeiras finally won your defending champions. Um, <laughs> we mentioned last time, be the first time they never, that a defending champ didn't make it out of the group. Um, and, and that again, this is, ex- this is like, uh, a good representation of the entire tournament. So they're in group C 
and it's Bolivar at six, Palmeiras at six, Barcelona, Ecuador at three, and Cerro Porteño at three. Again, just completely wide open still with, with uh, two more rounds to play. So who knows what's going to happen? And then it's like that all the way around with the exception of Fluminense. Um, yeah, we, we this, here's a little This Week in Racism tie-in uh, with Nacional from Uruguay. They played uh, Inter in, in Brazil, and just some stupid fans were doing the stupid monkey chant, not even to the players, to other supporters, which I, I, don't, know, I don't know if that's happened recently. Usually it's to players. But once again, everybody's got phones like you're going to be filmed. Yes. It's going to be caught, which they were. Uh, I, I don't know if there's going to be any kind of consequence or whatnot, but it's just like it's, it's played out. I'm tired of I it. Think- we talk about it all the time. I think caught. there were a couple. I think there were a couple bands. I'm not sure if it was. Uh, it's hard to keep track of them all at this point. Like, it is. It so, is. so so I know some bands came down for, um, for one of those situations. I'm not sure if, if it was particularly that game, um, and that team, but, um, yeah, with uh, with how it's been handled recently by most most clubs, I think there will be, um, a ban of some sort for i just can't believe how you, the 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 mental gymnastics and the logic that you do something like that and not think you're going to be filmed well, that, it's just I you're going to be filmed <laughs> that just that just shows how little people care at this point exactly right like no exactly. no one's going to hide it anymore and they they feel no need to hide it and they think oh. that they're in the right even if um you know we've seen people get banned who were like well yeah, because that's their problem, not mine. They can be proud of it that they're getting a ban for, you know, doing something like that because they really just don't give a shit. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Um, on the positive end, Goyaz is uh, still rolling in Sudamericana and they, they went to Argentina to play gimnasia and they actually won. Kind of funny. They, they all penalties. <laughs> they they got a pen in the fifty fifth and a pen in the eighty second. So they win Never two nil. I know. I was gonna say like find find somebody that loves you like Goyaz loves PKs <laughs> to win these matches. But points are points, right? They get three points. I think they're still they're above the line right now. So I mean, great. They they whatever yeah. gets them through an international tournament. Um, we don't have Rodrigo because I was gonna ask him. Um, we say that. Uh, the Deportes from Peru is actually leading the group, which if they were to win that, I think it's been a long time since that team has has made it into a, a knockout stage, too. So it's fun. Again, lots of parity and new teams getting new opportunities. Um, the only two undefeated teams in that tournament are Newell's Old Boys, which should be a club that uh, listeners hopefully have some kind of reference to. That is where Messi started. And uh, Fortaleza also in Brazil. They're the only ones. So again, there's gonna there's gonna be some surprises in there as well. And where are we at? I think we're about wrapped up. Oh, we gotta talk about yeah. you mentioned Liverpool Brentford already. Um yeah, but the, the real story, uh do you wanna take it, Bridget? I'll let you do it if you want to. Yeah, um Go the other it. big thing that so good. that happened yesterday was the coronation of King Charles the third. Um and you know, say what this, you this will is good news, good news section. <laughs> say what you will about that part. Um, yeah, so we, we've seen some of the chants kind of going around since the death of, of Queen Elizabeth. And then, um, we, we saw some videos from, uh, Celtic and, and Rangers also had some, some good chants, but, uh, yeah, they, 
the teams, most of them played the anthem um, for for these games coming at just hours after the coronation and uh, Anfield um, home supporters as well as away supporters all booed uh, God Save the King as that played. Um, there were some uh, some other phrases being thrown about in addition. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we're, we're saying the phrase because it's absolutely spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> it's mu- music to my ears. It was fuck the royal family, feed the poor <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Beautiful. Like so loud and so in tune and just like what is it? 20, 30,000 people probably in that stadium. Yep. yep. Just marvelous. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Chef's chef's kiss. They, it was nice to hear a few different ones. Uh, Rangers, <laughs> I believe had stick, stick your coronation up your arse, um, <laughs> which we may have hummed at the bar yesterday. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it was hilarious. Um, and that's, I think that was, part of the reason a lot of those games were played later in the day because uh, you know everyone had to turn on their brit box and and watch the coronation so um yeah it was oh i love it, you it was entertaining very entertaining and <laughs> beautiful I mean, and it was away fans too like it wasn't even just yep brentford I, i'm not entirely sure how well they traveled but i know there were there were some away fans there and and they got in on it um, people weren't too happy with the news that they would be playing the anthem, um, which is a fairly common thing. They weren't, th- I mm-hmm. think they played it for uh, when the queen died as well, but um, it, it, you know, the reaction you kind of hope for and, and then they nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't beat that. That's, that's, that's a podcast. That's the end. <laughs> Uh, thank you Bridget thank you listeners um, we will uh, be back and if you want to support this thing patreon.com backslash MN football show and yeah we'll see what's going on next week and we will go from there thank you all Yeah. cool ciao bye <laughs>